Okay. Why don't we bow our heads for a word of prayer? Father in heaven, we thank you that we've been able to study the first three chapters of Romans thus far. As we get into Romans chapter 4, please help us to understand what it means to believe and to see clearly what Abraham believed and how he believed so that we can experience this righteousness as well. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so far we've been talking about some pretty theological material. Justification by faith. Surrender. Being like Jesus. Believing so that we can receive salvation. But you know what? We still have not answered the question, what does it mean to believe so that I can have salvation? You want to know what it means to believe, do you not? If believing properly allows us to have salvation, then we want to know what it means to believe. Amen? So let's, let's go through this. Romans chapter 4. What then, or what shall we say then, that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? Now Abraham is described as the father of the faithful, or the father of, the, of those who have faith. And Paul saying, you know, how did Abraham deal with his flesh? How did he deal with his fallen human nature? that we also have. And so now we are going to get into a practical explanation of how to have this belief that will bring saving, transforming faith. Verse 2, For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. So if Abraham had worked his way to heaven, then it would be about the glory of Abraham, not the glory of God. Notice verse 3 then. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So, the Bible says Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. You know, Paul is quoting the Old Testament here. He's quoting... Genesis 15. Now, before we go to Genesis 15, which we're going to do briefly, Abraham believed and God counted him righteous. To be counted righteous is the same as being declared righteous or it's the same as having imputed righteousness. Now, before we go to Genesis 15, I'm going to take you to the end of Romans 4. And I'm going to tell you to look at verse 22 because this is going to give us a clue that Romans 4 is going somewhere. Romans 4 verse 22, speaking of Abraham, it says, And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. So here's what happens. In Romans 4 verse 3, Abraham, or Paul says, What says the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. But then he explains what it meant for Abraham, what it meant, sorry, what it meant for Abraham to believe and for God to then say righteousness is imputed to your account. Verses 4 through 22 will explain that. But in order to understand even better what it means for Abraham to believe God, let's go to Genesis 15. Genesis chapter 15. 
And in Genesis chapter 15, Abraham is speaking with God and he's telling God, you know, I don't have a child and you've promised that, that I will be the father of a great nation. Why don't you take Eliezer, the steward in my house, and you can just pass my line on to him. He can become the heir and we won't have to worry about the fact that, a, that Sarah and I are past childbearing age. And in verse 4, God says to Abraham, Behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. In other words, God is saying, Look, when I say that you're going to have a child, I am not saying that I'll just legally declare your servant to be your son when he really isn't your son. That's not going to happen. I'm going to do this, the humanly impossible. I am going to give you a child from your own flesh, even though your flesh is physically dead with respect to producing child. You're too old to have children. Your wife is too old to have children. But I'm going to produce a child through you anyway. Okay, so let's go back to, um, to what we were talking about. Sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought there. So God is saying, this child is not going to come from your servant. Your heir is not going to come from your servant. It's going to be your own child. I'm going to do the impossible. And so Abraham is, is saying, okay, but Sarah and I are past childbearing age. How could this be possible? Notice what God does in verse 5. And he brought him, or God brought Abraham forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto them, So shall thy seed be. So God is saying to Abraham, look up at heaven. Can you see all the stars up there? That's going to be your seed. Now Abraham is past childbearing age. He cannot have children, right? So how could it be that Abraham could have a seed that would come after him that would be as the stars of heaven. Does that sound humanly likely? Obviously it's not possible from a human standpoint. But, notice what happens in verse 6. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. So verse 5, God says, okay Abraham, you don't have any children, but look up at the stars of the sky. Abraham looks up at the stars of the sky and he says, okay God, I do believe now that through my flesh there will be a line of seed like the stars in heaven. 
And God says, good, now I declare you to be righteous. What just happened? Abraham believed, and God said, great Abraham, because you believe, you are now righteous. What caused Abraham to believe? Does the story show us in Genesis 15 why Abraham believed? What did Abraham do that caused him to believe in God? Abraham looked up at the stars and there was something about looking up at the stars that caused him to believe. What was it? Exactly. When Abraham looked up at the stars, he remembered that God is the creator. Now how does God create? By His spoken word. When you read Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God said, Let there be. And there was. And so God has just told Abraham, Look, your servant isn't going to be your heir. It's going to be a child from your own flesh. And if you doubt my word, let me just remind you, look up at all those stars. And as Abraham looks up at all those stars, he remembers it was by the word of the Lord that the heavens were made. God's creative word set those heavenly beings, those stars, into existence. And Abraham is saying, okay, which would be harder for God? For him to speak the word and he sets those stars into existence that are running in perfect geometric alignment throughout the universe and there's so many of them that you can't count them? Or would it be harder for God to speak the word and create a child in my dead human flesh? And Abraham looked up at the stars and he said, you know what, if the creative spoken word of God will create all of those stars, the creative word of God will produce a new life through me and my wife. And when Abraham believed in the creative power of God to do that which was humanly impossible, then God could say, I declare you to be righteous. Believing in God to do the humanly impossible. And in the case of Abraham, it was to create a new birth. A new life that humanly could not take place. Abraham and Sarah could not have children. To have a new birth at that point in their life could not take place. And God says, but a new birth can take place through the creative power of my word that can create something out of nothing, that can create life out of death. That is where righteousness by faith starts to make sense. When we talk about being crucified, being fully surrendered, what does that mean? How can I develop new habits in my life? How can I have the life of Jesus being lived out through me? How can it be that I can be really surrendered on everything because I don't feel like I am, so maybe I'm not really justified, I'm not sure. And what, what God is saying is, look, 
If you want to understand faith, if you want to understand righteousness by faith, look at Abraham, the father of the faithful. I gave him a promise of something that was humanly impossible. And you know what Abraham could have done? Abraham could have said, you know, scientific studies have shown that once women reach menopause, you can't have children anymore. Science is irrefutable. It's tested by laws, and that's the way it is. And so God, your word says this, but science says this, and we know that science makes more sense than the word of God. And you know, there's people that say that today. That Abraham believed in the creative power of God's word, and therefore God declared him to be righteous. Now, let's jump back to Romans chapter 4, because Paul's going to show us exactly what Abraham believed. And I'm, for the sake of time, I'm going to skip through. Uh, I mean, we'll read through it, but we won't spend as much time. Starting in verse 4 of Romans chapter 4, it says, Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness, even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Now let me just say something here. There is a special blessing in receiving forgiveness of sins. And I don't want any of you to go away from this presentation and say that I never talked about forgiveness. Because forgiveness is a huge element of the gospel. And let me say this. If you do not really believe that Jesus has forgiven your sins, there is no way that you will believe that Jesus can give you victory over the sins in your life. Does that make sense? Because Jesus says in His Word, I died for you. If you believe in Me, I will forgive your sins. You will have forgiveness for the sins of your past. But then if you say, oh, but my sins are so horrible, I, I don't think you've really forgiven Me, then you're also saying that you can't give Me victory over the sins of my life. So Jesus has forgiven us of our sins. And there's a special blessing in that. Amen? Blessed is the man to whom his sins are forgiven. Now let's continue on here. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Now Paul's quoting from the Old Testament. And in Romans 4 verse 7, he's actually quoting Psalms chapter 32 verses 1 and 2. Where it talks about those whose sins are forgiven and those who have no guile. So, when God forgives your sins, He helps you to have no guile in your life, which is a description of the 144,000. Now let's continue on. Verses 9 through um, 11 get a little bit deeper. Cometh this blessed then, blessedness then upon the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned, 
to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned when he was in circumcision or uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And notice verse 11, and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had yet, being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. Now, notice what Paul is saying here. Abraham received righteousness by faith even when he wasn't circumcised. He simply did circumcision to show that he had the inward transforming experience. And then he continues on, verse 12, And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So, here we're seeing more about righteousness by faith. And then, let's skip on down to verse 16. Now we're going to get into what it means to believe. Because notice, Romans 4 verse 3, it says, Abraham believed God, it was counted to him for righteousness. We're working our way to verse 22 where it says, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness, which means the same thing as Romans 4 verse 3. So Abraham believed God, he believed in the creative power of God to do that which was impossible. Let's notice starting in verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So notice, Abraham is the father of the faithful. And let's go on to verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Notice what Paul's saying here. Abraham believed God, who quickens the dead, and calls things which are not as though they were. So notice what Abraham is saying. Look, God's creative word is so powerful that he can take something that doesn't even exist and make it happen even when it's humanly impossible. He believed God, who calleth those things which be not, as though they were. And notice verse 18, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. As far as a reasonable human hope would go, there was no way that he could be the father of a seed like the stars of the sky. But against human hope, he believed in the creative power of God's word. And notice verse 19, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now here's an interesting point. Abraham had two human impossibilities to overcome. His physical human impossibility to produce children and his wife's physical human impossibility. But you know what the story teaches us? That when God places within you life-transforming faith, it produces fruit in those that are closest to you. So in other words, when you are righteous by faith, God can use your faith 
to produce fruit in your spouse, in your brother, your parent, your sister. Because righteousness by faith is that powerful. Abraham not only had to overcome his own human impossibility, he had to overcome the human impossibility of Sarah. And in Hebrews 11 it says, Sarah received strength to conceive seed. So Sarah also developed faith through this experience because of Abraham. Now, verse 20, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith giving glory to God. So when God said, Abraham, you will be the father of many nations and as the stars of the sky so shall your seed be, Abraham didn't look up at God and then say, oh, I'm not sure if I can believe what you say. Maybe what you say is true. Abraham said, if God's creative word says that it will be so, then I believe that it will be so. Notice it says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but it says he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. That's the first angel's message. Because of Abraham's belief, he was strong in faith. His belief in the creative power of God's word brought glory to God's name that there would be a human being that would believe in the word of God. Now here's a key statement I want to read from Ellen White. Abraham believed in the Word of God. Notice what Ellen White says in Selective Messages, Volume 3, page 360. He who has not sufficient faith in Christ to believe that he can keep him from sinning has not the faith that will give him an entrance into the Kingdom of God. Do you believe the Word of God? G24 says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Do you believe that? People will say, I've never seen it before, therefore it must not be true. I look at my own life, I look at the life of my family members, I look at all these people, they aren't overcoming sin, so I guess it's not possible. But like Abraham, we don't look at ourselves or the people around us to define whether or not the Word of God is true. We just go based on what the Word of God says, and that is what brings glory to God's name. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So again, you see the three angels' messages mixed throughout the book of Romans. And now, verses 21 and 22 are absolutely crucial to understand with respect to righteousness by faith. Notice what verse 21 says, and being fully persuaded that what God promised he was able also to perform and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Do you see a deeper explanation of what it means to believe? In Romans 4 verse 3 it says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. At the end of the chapter it says and being fully persuaded that what God promised he was able also to perform and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. In other words, to believe is to be fully persuaded that when God's word says it will accomplish something, God's word will accomplish what he says it will do. And in the case of Abraham, it was to take his life and the life of Sarah who physically they were they both had dead 
flesh. They could not produce a new birth. And God said, because of the creative power of my word, I can still create a new birth in your lives. And Abraham was fully persuaded. And because he was fully persuaded that what God promised he would do, God therefore then said, you are a righteous man and produced the fruit in Abraham's life of what Abraham believed. So what is righteousness by faith? Righteousness by faith is believing that God can take my life, that just as Abraham's life was physically dead, I am spiritually dead, dead in trespasses and sins, yet God has said, I will make a new life. I will make you a new creature. The old things will be passed away. All things will become new. You will develop new habits. You will think in a new way. Those old temptations aren't going to bring you down anymore. And you will say, God's word has said it. I believe, I am fully persuaded that because God has promised it, He will perform it because His word is the creative power that spoke this universe into existence. And if He can speak this universe into existence, He can surely change my heart. That's righteousness by faith. And God will then say, that is a person that I can work with and work on and live out my life through. But too many times we say, oh, God says He'll give me His righteousness. I want it. Give me your righteousness, Jesus. Just don't clean up my heart. But Jesus is saying, the condition to receiving my righteousness is to surrender your life. And if you remember that I am the Creator God, that my word has creative power and I can speak that creative power into your life and change your life completely. When you connect to that belief through a faith that is fully persuaded, then God will come into your life and change you completely and you will live a completely different life. And God is looking for a generation of Adventists who will have such an experience, who will have the faith of Abraham. And notice... Paul makes it crystal clear that Abraham's experience wasn't just for him. Verses 23 through 25. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. This is not a pie in the sky experience for just a, a few spiritually elite. No, no, no. Abraham had this experience. We also can have this experience if we believe on God who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Now what does Paul mean here? What, what are we believing? Because Abraham believed that God through his creative power would give him and Sarah a new birth, a new child, even though their physical bodies could not produce such a new life. And what we are believing is that God, He had the power to raise up Jesus from the dead. And in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, He makes it very clear what we are believing as far as Jesus being raised from the dead. Notice Romans 6, verses 3 and 4. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? 
Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Here's what we're believing. The same God who had the creative power to set all those stars in the heavens that convinced Abraham that his creative power could create a new life in his life. The same God, through his power, raised up Jesus from the dead. And that same God, through the same creative power, promises to raise us up from the dead spiritually to walk a new life of faith, that, which is the righteous life of Jesus Christ so that we will be a living demonstration of the just, righteous life of Jesus. And that is justification by faith. And that is the third angel's message in verity. The faith of Abraham teaches us that in order for us to receive this righteousness, we must be fully persuaded that when God says, look, I will raise you up from the dead spiritually to live a new life, a righteous life, the life of Jesus Christ. When we are fully persuaded of that, God will perform in our lives what he has said he will do. But the key is we have to believe that he can do it. If we don't believe that Jesus can give us victory over sin, it's never going to happen. So that's a good stopping point for us tonight. I hope you can come back tomorrow. You've been a great audience. I guess it's going to be in the afternoon. We'll have two more hours, and we'll go through Romans 6, 7, and 8. Those are key chapters to understand in the salvation process. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity. We've had to study righteousness by faith. We thank you for the faith of Abraham. May we have his faith. May we have the faith of Jesus so that we will stand in the day of God. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.